Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. We will bring this to a conclusion today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I want to get to chapter 4, man. There's <laughs> my plan and his plan, right? Okay. Like I said to you before, this is the apostle that nobody could kill. And, you know, we should really take some lessons from his life and his, his uh, writings because if we put this to work in our life, we will have that same result. Amen? Let's begin in uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22 because the thought actually begins there. The Apostle John writes and he says, Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, remember again, I told you that he actually goes and explain what that is in the next verse when he says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And in the Greek, it says, always love one another as he gave commandment. Notice there's a commandment at the front end and the back end of it. <laughs> okay, he really is driving the point home that this is a commandment. And I want you to notice the commandments he gives us is not the Ten Commandments. He says to believe on his name and he says, love one another. Amen. And, he's, and remember again what he said, all of this. He said in verse 22 again, he says, whatever we ask, ask, we receive because we do this. So this is what allows us to receive everything from God. Two things. Believe in Jesus. Love one another. In fact, let me just read something from William MacDonald because I, I really like this. He says, notice in this and other verses that John uses the personal pro pronouns he and him to refer to both God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ without stopping to explain which one is intended. He does this because the Son is as truly God as the Father. And it is no presumption to speak of them in the same breath. I really love that. Now, we know this to be true because of what Jesus said again in John chapter 14. And in the middle of verse 9, there's a lot of stuff in verse 9. But in the middle, he said, remember when P, uh, Philip asked him, he said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. Amen. So, see, the apostle John understands that, understood, excuse me, that Jesus is God. See, Jesus wasn't just a really good guy. Okay, and new stuff, you know, which is a prophet. Okay, he, he literally was God. And that's why the Apostle John wrote, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen, and then he, he became flesh and dwelt among us. So he understood that Jesus was God, is God, will always be God. There was only one point in time that he wasn't God. Who remembers? When he had to die on a cross, he couldn't be God because he can't kill God. Amen? And he had to become all man at that point, which is why, again, he uttered the phrase, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? To let us know that he was letting go of his God's side so he could die. So that a perfect man could go and pay the price that a perfect man messed up. And only a perfect man could restore. Amen? And paid that price. And dear God, when it was over, God came back in. <laughs> Amen. He was all God again. And again, we see that in Hebrews. And we won't go through that, which is very exciting. Anyway. Next, Thomas F. Johnson points out that when the Apostle John says that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, the name means the person, character, and authority of the one trusted. In other words, 
God's commandment is that we should believe on the person, character, and authority of His Son, Jesus Christ, because He is the only way to God. In other words, it took God to redeem us to God. It took... Do you understand that no man could do that? It literally took God to get us back to God. That's why people sort of say, oh, who do you believe in? We believe in God, <laughs> okay? You know, when we say Jesus Christ, we don't mean Jesus Christ the man. We, we, we mean Jesus Christ, God come in the flesh. Now, he was all man as well. We understand that. But we need to also understand and acknowledge that it was God himself that came to redeem us. Amen. That's why, it's, that's why Jesus could say, for God so loved the world. Do you know he was talking about himself as well? That he gave of himself. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I've said this to you before. I'll say it again. Your everlasting life, your eternal life started the moment that you made Jesus Christ Lord. You don't have to die to find out whether you made it or not. <laughs> Amen. You better have made it now if you're ever going to get to heaven. If you haven't made it now, you won't get there. <laughs> okay? Amen. So... Let's get back to this. That's the reason why Jesus said again, remember in John 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way. See, this is why the apostle John says you've got to believe in him. This is a commandment that you believe in him because Jesus himself said, and I want you to notice that it is in the gospel of John, when he's, and John recorded this, he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, John understood that that was it. He was the way. There was no other ways. You know, and people say there's lots of ways. There isn't this one way. Jesus didn't say, I am one way, one truth, and a life. <laughs> okay? He used the word the on purpose, which is why the Apostle John said he is the only way. In fact, in, the, uh, in Acts, let's just go there very quickly as well. This, this is a truth that the New Testament church was well aware of. And notice he says, I am the truth and the life. Which means that if he is the truth family, then everything else is a lie. And I, I love that it also says, he is the life. See, a lot of people don't want to receive that one. And I, again, I could preach on all of this for a long time, but I won't. But a lot of people think, well, you know, he is a life, he's not the life. The life means that there's no life outside of him for us. Did you get that? Okay, I said for us. Okay, there's no li life outside of him for us except the life that he gives us. That's why it said in, first, uh, in John chapter 1 and verse 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. It says in him was life and that life was our light. Amen. I need you to understand why the Apostle John is so insistent that you believe in his name. Before he goes on to say to love one another as well. Because there's people out there that say, well, we love and we do all that stuff. We don't need to really believe in Jesus. I really want to sing a song right now that's, that, that will get me in trouble, so I won't. But you know, there was, there, was, you know, there was this time when all these people got together and sang this song to help people. And you know what? It was, it was the world kind of saying, well, we can do this without God. 
But see, the problem with that, and you know, we have a certain amount of power and authority to do things without God. There is that. I'll give you that. But let me say this, it doesn't last. And you don't have the supernatural assistance that you need in the world that is opposed by principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and all of that stuff. Amen. So if you really want to do something, family, this is why I keep telling people, you know, you want to really want to do something, you need God. If you want it to count, if you want it to work, if you want it to overcome all the, the stuff that you just have, you just don't have control over. I'm talking about the world, okay? <laughs> all right? Not us. Okay? Then you need God. Because once God comes on the inside of you, you get armor, you get authority, you get angels, you get all sorts of stuff happening for you. If we use them, okay? <laughs> right? But we got the potential, let me put it that way, for all kinds of stuff to start working for us. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this is why he says again, you need to believe in the name. Because the name gets you in. <clears throat> I, I need to do this as well. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's the entrance. What are the commandments that the apostle John says? Believe on him. Do you get this now? And then he says, love one another. Do you know why he said, do you understand the incredible wisdom the, the Apostle John had here? He says, get in and do the right thing once you're in. Remember once you're in, remember the lawyer that said to Jesus, what are the greatest, what's the greatest commandment? Do you remember that? He said, love God, love people. It was love. If you keep that one, you're in. And he said, this one fulfills all the law and the prophets. Do you see how, do you, are you beginning to see something now? The Apostle John says, listen, i got two things to say to you. Number one, receive Jesus. Number two, love. <laughs> okay? You do those two things. And from, from everything I've learned, I know that that will get you everything you want. Hallelujah. Whatever we ask, we receive. And you know, I really want you guys to get to that place where whatever you ask, you receive. Do you want to get there? Amen. Okay. You know, <laughs> as I, as I began, began to tell you, you know, this truth about Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, the New Testament church was well aware of this. And it, it is brought out in Acts chapter 4. Remember following the healing of the lame man at the gate? Beautiful. When Peter and John are brought before the Sanhedrin and Peter says to them in verses 10 through 12, he says, let it be known to you all, Acts 4.10, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, remember, believe on the name. Are you getting something here? Okay. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Okay. And he says, this is a stone which was rejected, verse 11, by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, he says, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's it. It was said. It was done. It was over. There is no other name. Amen. Do you understand now what Jesus says? In my name, you will cast out demons. 
It, see, the apostle John knew. He said, believe in the name. Means you believe in the person, receive the person. You begin to believe in the name and things will begin to happen. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. You could, you know, remember there's no punctuation in the original. Can I, can I say that again? And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Do you get that? Signs follow when you believe in his name. Amen. And then he goes on to tell you all the stuff that will follow. See, we used to, we used to focus on the believing, but not necessarily in the name. We'd go around, you know, and hey, I'll I, I put my hand up to this too. You know, I just kept confessing. Thank you, Lord. I believe. I believe. I believe. And one day he said, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I said, oh, I, I don't know. I have great faith in what? <laughs> Amen. Notice that the, the verse tells you that in what you should believe. Maybe I should be preaching on that verse today. Do you understand now why the Apostle John says that we should believe in his name? Because these signs follow those who believe in my name. And then all of those things begin to happen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Finally, in relating to 1 John 3.23, to what the Apostle John said in 1 John 3.10. Remember again, that was when he said, in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Remember that key statement that he let us know who he's talking to, okay? What this verse tells us is that believing in Jesus and showing love for one another as he gave us commandment is yet another way of clearly distinguishing the children of God from the children of the devil. So this is another distinguishing uh, trait, feature, okay? In the children of God, they believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in his name. See, see this is a real key thing. People, you know, there was a point in time when people said, well, you can't utter the name Jesus if, if you got a demon in you and stuff. Remember all that? Well, isn't it funny how when Jesus went to the devils and they said, we know who you are. They confessed he was Lord. They said, don't kill us now, please. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's in the wrong context. You know what I'm trying to say? Listen, you, get into, you need to be careful because we get freaked out when the devil says Jesus and we go, oh, you can't say that name. You know, men will be able to say that name. I'm freaking out now. I'm leaving this one because I don't know what to do with this. Because how can I use a name that he's already speaking back to me? Hello. Do you know why? Our theology was bad. Can I give you some theology? No. <laughs> Let me give you some reality today. Listen, it talks about believing in the name and things will happen. You believe in him for things to happen. The devils don't believe in him for good things to happen. They're freaking out every time they see him. Every time his name is mentioned, they're freaking out because he is judgment to them. He is salvation to us. Do you understand the difference? When we believe, signs follow that are good. When he comes to in their vicinity, signs follow that are bad. They get cast into pigs and all kinds of things. You know, it just ain't good for them. 
That's why it is, that's why he goes on, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. The first thing he says, because he says, if there is a demonic oppression or opposition that is stopping something from happening, get rid of the devil first. Amen. This is something that we need to learn to do before we start praying. I'm giving you two instructions now. I gave you one before. I'm going to give you two now. See, now I'm giving you two instructions. Yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you two things. Number one, do what I said before. Confess your sin. Acknowledge your sin. Just say, God, if there's anything between us, talk to me. Let's get it out of the way. The second thing I'm going to tell you to do now is make sure once you get stuff in you out of the way, then get stuff around you out of the way. You bind the devil. You know, just start out by and, and say, and devil, it, see, you got to do it after you confess your sin. You all understand why? Okay, all right. You say, devil, if, if you're around, I just bind you right now in Jesus' name. You might say, well, what if there isn't any? Great. But what if there was and you didn't bind? And it's messing in your head. And every time you try to pray, squirrel. <laughs> That's a distraction. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, how many times have you started to pray and your brain went off somewhere else? And you remember all the really important things that you had to do that you forgot to do that you didn't matter to you five minutes ago. But right now it's a matter of life and death. Five minutes ago you didn't really care. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you some gold here today. You're here today. I'm giving this to you. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Listen. That stuff is the devil. You, 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 mean, you mean he follows me into my prayer room? He follows you into church and everywhere else? You, you, <laughs> you need to get rid of him, man. Don't let him hang around. You just bind him in Jesus' name. Shut it down. And then once you get past there, now you've got the freedom to begin to pray without having all kinds of obstacles get in your way. Amen? And you need to get to that place. You need to be in that place because you want whatever time you spend with God to, make, to matter. Let me say it that way. You want, I was going to say make a difference, but you want it to matter. You want it to make a difference. Amen? I don't want to, see, I don't want to go in and spend an hour just getting to God. And then you're out of time. <laughs> okay? Say, and God says, what do you uh, oh, Okay, he left. I guess the, the hour was up. <laughs> it's like one of them therapy sessions, you know, okay? <laughs> you don't want that. Amen. You want to go in and from the very first minute, you open your mouth, you begin to pray. Just like Daniel, from the, you know, the angel said, the moment you began praying, we started moving. Amen. See now Daniel had the new birth and had my two instructions, wouldn't have taken 21 days. Why? He would have bound the devil. But sadly, he did not have the new birth. That's for us. Beloved, now are we the children of God. Do you understand the power in that statement? Amen. We call down heaven. We call down angels. We call down all kinds of things and make life miserable for the devil. Hallelujah. I, I want to really get, you know, you know how we have those little fire ratings and it goes extreme and everything. I, I want it to be like that, extreme miserableness. 
I know that's bad English, but you know, or misery for the devil. I want that needle to be pointing. In this church, I want the needle to be always pointing in the extreme miserableness for the devil part. I don't want him to be mildly, you know, discomforted. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Amen. Uh, thank you, Lord. Okay. I can do this. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> Continuing on to the final verse, verse 24. He says, now, <laughs> amen. now he who keeps his commandment abides in him. Watch this. And he, that is Christ, and therefore God in him, that's in us. By this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Wow. This... <laughs> Now that we, let, let me just make some statements first. Now that we have established that the commandment we are to keep is to believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, we can understand why he says that in doing so, we abide in Christ and he abides or lives in us. When we do this, see, do you understand? Let me give you a little insight into why we need to love one another. Because he lives in them too. And listen, I'm, I'm going to give you something, curl your brain a little bit, okay? Are you, are you awake? Or, okay, I, okay, if you're not, stay asleep. All right, <laughs> okay, all right. You don't want to get up in the middle, man, okay? Listen, try to visualize this. If I abide in him, can you all see that? Okay, I am in Christ. Are you all seeing that? Okay, remember Christ is in me. Okay, now this is hard already on the noodle, Okay. Because you can put one bucket in the other, but how can you put the other bucket in, in, in the first one? You know, it's either one or the other, but in this, something miraculous happens. We abide in him at the same time he abides in us. Now, if he abides in us, then he abides in Andrew. If he abides in me, he abides in Andrew. Follow now, follow. Okay, Remember, not only are we in him, but he is in us. Okay, so one of the us's is me, one of the us's is Andrew, one of the us's is Christina, one of the us's is Verity. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Verity goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> I have confirmation. I'm good this week. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Listen, okay. Let's pick another one. One of the us's is, is, is Vandana. Okay, now listen, listen. Remember, he lives in you. And he also lives in me. But I also live in him. If I live in him, make the connection, and he lives in you, where am I? Did you all lose? Did, you all, did I lose you? Come on, get this now. If I live in him, I'm, I'm going to take this in one more step. If I live in him, I'm in him now. Just imagine that, okay? I'm in him. But now something interesting, he lives in you. Did you get that? Where am I? I'm also in you. Okay, it's good. Oh, this is freaking me out. No, listen. <laughs> this is the connection that we have. This is why we are one body. Do you get it? Because we live in one another through him. That's why we are to love one another. Because nobody hated his own flesh. Nobody hated himself. And we shouldn't hate ourselves. Listen to me. In loving you, I am loving myself in him, through him. Do you understand why you need to love me? 
He said, but I want to push your face in. I know, but you need to love me still. Because you push my face in and you're pushing your own face in. Are you getting this? There is a unity in the body that is unusual. This doesn't happen anywhere else except in Christianity. We all live in one another through him. That's why he said, if you've done it to the least one of these, you've done it to me. Can I take that one step further? You've done it to yourself. I don't know how many times I thought I was blessing someone and it ended up blessing me. I, I mean, it's just countless number of times I've, I've done something without, you know, without strings attached. Never do anything with strings attached. You do out of a good heart and you expect God to bless you. Amen? And so, you know, I don't know how many times I've done things for people and never wanted anything back. They say, oh, I owe you. No, 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 you don't owe me nothing. What I do, I don't keep a little book. And I say, okay, I did one for Ruan over there. Let's see if he does one back to me. Well, if that's all you're looking for, that's all you're going to get. Jesus, Jesus said that if you, if you get, you know, give to be seen and you want to be patted on the back, enjoy it. That's all you're getting. You will get no reward from God. But if you do it as unto God, then he is obligated to bless you back in ways that will blow your mind. Amen. And the number of times, and, and this is just a principle in my life now. You know, whenever God asks me to do something, I go, woohoo, because <laughs> it's a funny thing. What Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Press on, shake together, running over. He didn't say give and then believe that it will be given back to you. He said give, do it with the right heart. Do it without strings attached. And by the way, that happens once you do it. But don't look at that, that happens, you just do the giving part. You focus on that first little bit. And all the rest will just follow after you. But if you're looking for it, you'll never find it. Get it? Okay. All right. <laughs> Don't know how I got into that, but there we are. We went there. All right. <laughs> I'll probably remember later on. Anyway, let's get back to this because I got to finish this. <clears throat> oh, that's right. In us living in each other. Okay. I remember it. Okay. <laughs> This is something that Jesus Christ himself promised in John chapter 14 and verse 20. John 14 and verse 20. He said, at that day, now the day that he was talking about, this is us living in him and him living in us, by the way. All right. He said, at that day, you, the, the day he's talking about is following his uh, death, burial, and res resurrection. And he says, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He said, the day, is, the, the day is coming where I'll be in you and you'll be in me. And the Apostle John is writing in that day. And he says, you do this and he's in you and you're in him. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that's why we are to pray for one another. Do you understand? That's why it says when one hurts, we all hurt. Do you get that now? Because <laughs> you know, This doesn't just work in the force. You know, you all know, right? It, it, that we're talking about the connection between us and God. Listen, when we get a feeling on the inside that something is wrong, it's because we're on the inside of the person that is going wrong too. It's our call to pray because one of us is hurting and if one hurts, we should all be hurting because we are in them through him. Are you getting this? That's why, see, that's why you can't approach prayer religiously. Please don't. <laughs> 
You need to understand that prayer is your ability to speak into something, into a situation, into a circumstance, and to change the thing. Because you're, you're not in that place where you're being attacked, so you can save the person being attacked because you don't have that pressure on you. And when you're in trouble, guess what? The little, <laughs> I, I just had this vision. You know, it's kind of like the, the little signal goes out into all the telephone lines. And lets everybody know, I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay? Everybody goes, ooh, I feel like Andrew's in trouble. We need to pray. Amen. <laughs> and, then the, and then the engine that was about to fall out didn't. It stayed until they landed. And after they landed and they stopped and they went to the gate, then the engine fell. Everybody goes, I don't know how the heck it stood there for the whole trip. <laughs> There's nothing holding it together. <laughs> exactly. Amen. Hey, whatever we believe. Anyway, okay. <laughs> All right. From, from a more devotional standpoint, Simon J. Kissamaku writes, as an, I love this, please listen to this. As an 8th century English theologian wrote, he says, let God then be a home for you and you be the home of God. Remain in God and let God remain in you. That's beautiful, isn't it? Because he said, I come and live in you. Amen? You live in a home. Hallelujah. Now, in case you happen to be struggling with the thought, how do I know for sure that God lives in me? <laughs> okay? I, Howard Marshall says that John therefore names a further and more sure source of confidence. We can know, uh, we can know God lives in us by the Spirit who he has given us. In other words, the presence of the witness of the Spirit brings us the assurance that we need. It is something on the inside. Amen? That you know. This is something that those who claim to know God apart from Jesus don't have. That's the witness of the Spirit. Amen. This again is something that Jesus promised us in John chapter 14 when he said in verses 16 and 17, he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper and that he may abide with you forever. That means after you go to heaven, he's still there, by the way. Anyway, something to think about. Verse 17, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And guess what? Today he is in us. Amen. Hallelujah. And what's so exciting about having the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, besides reassuring us of God's presence in us, is that Jesus goes on to say in John chapter 16, two chapters down, and verse 13, he says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Listen, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Praise God. You'll know stuff before it happens. See, the devil should never take us by surprise. When something happens, we should be yawning. I'm going, yeah, we knew that a year ago. We prayed. Here's the cavalry. <laughs> you know? And the devil goes, anyway, okay, I, I can't do it today. Oh, he screams and yells and runs the other way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why it says, draw nigh to God. Resist the devil. You draw nigh to God, he'll tell you what's coming. And it'll all be there waiting. And then you resist him. The angels are going, yeah, we're here. We prepared a long time before. And he will flee from you. Amen. He won't just walk away. So returning to 1 John 3.24, Simon J. Kissimaka says, 
No believer can ever say that he or she does not know whether God lives within him. The Spirit of God testifies in the heart of the Christian and gives him or her this knowledge and assurance. That's what the Apostle Paul brings out. We finish with this verse in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, when he says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's the daughters too. Verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Verse 16, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen. That's what he's there to do. Bear witness that we are the children of God. Amen. We could keep reading, but I want to stop there today. And this circles back to what the Apostle John said, that you have a witness on the inside of you. That he has given us the spirit that bears witness that we are his. Listen, family, not only does the spirit bear witness that we are God's children, but he is also the power in our life. Remember the nine manifestations of the spirit. They all should have a cape on them. <laughs> you know, I mean, they are super. And we want that for this church and we want this for your life. I want this for your life. I want us to be walking in those nine manifestations whenever we need them. Amen. And so, you know, listen, as much as we love and revere the word, and we do because it teaches us everything, I also want you to understand the place of the Spirit in all of this. Amen? Because he talks to you. He can bring this word alive to you. And it goes from being words on a page to reality in your heart to mountain-moving faith. Hallelujah. Amen? Find time to spend with God, with his spirit, because he will reveal things to you and it will change your life. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father.